0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: And now, it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan.
2: Hello and welcome to the Buck Baloo Show. Here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Gang's all here today. DT back in the house. Road Dog Gillespie made his way in today also on a busy morning drive in Metro Atlanta. The traffic's back, folks. Almost a two-hour drive to get in here this morning to do a one-hour show. Believe it or not. Up your day's off to a good start. And get ready. Grab those shades because today, look, I know it's Tuesday morning, but we going to the club, baby. Shades on in the club. Get the shades. We heading to the club today. Got a big announcement at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. And the biggest segment of my show runs from... 1020 to 1040. Got Kamari Lasseter, the lockdown cornerback for the Dogs, helping us break down this Alabama showdown. And then I'm going to be breaking things down too. Why, do we, why would we be talking about anything else this week? Seriously. We'll let the other
3: shows talk about some of that bad NFL football we saw last night. You're not excited about this showdown between the Falcons and the Jets on Sunday, Buck? Uh,
2: Yeah, we'll let the other shows talk about that one. You know, with 42 minutes here on a one-hour show, I can't afford to be doing that. So here we go. Get ready. Let's roll. Let's get to the big take. Brought to you by Dayco Systems Heating and Air. Making Atlanta comfortable one home at a time. All right, so tonight's Fifth College Football Playoff Committee Ranking Show on ESPN, folks, it doesn't it means next to nothing. Or as we say here in the deep south or at least growing up in South Georgia, it doesn't mean squat. But Sunday sixth and final reveal means everything. Tonight basically we get to see how far the Ohio State Buckeyes have fallen. They've fallen and they can't get up because they're soft. The educated guest here says Ohio State checks in at number eight tonight. Georgia and Michigan will be one and two. Washington will be three. Florida State, four. Oregon, five. Texas, six. Alabama, seven. Who didn't know that, right? But Friday night in the final Pac-12 showdown between the Huskies and Ducks, well, another team gets eliminated. And Saturday evening here in the Deep South, the two-time defending champs face off with Big Bad Alabama in another epic showdown. And some believe the winner is in and the loser is out. That leaves Florida State and Texas fighting for the last spot. You see, I've already penciled in Michigan as they take on Iowa in the Big Ten title game. And there's the big take. So tonight's big reveal means really nothing. It doesn't mean diddly squat. And I believe they set aside at least a couple hours to talk about it on ESPN. So they'll be breaking it down. Means nothing, though, because I'm going to tell you, man, Alabama, if they check in at number seven tonight, a win over Georgia would be the best win in college football this season. And don't you know, Alabama's going to jump from seven all the way up into that top four. And so where they put them tonight means nothing. Means next in the means squat is what that means. All right, let's see what's popping out there. We got some news coming down. You may have missed it last night. What's popping? What's popping? Got the 24 SEC schedule has leaked out. Supposed to come out in December. But mysteriously, there's been a leak. And the leak says that we're going we're to get another Georgia-Alabama game early next season. Georgia will be heading to Tuscaloosa on September the 28th. It'll be only the fifth time Alabama and Georgia have met in the regular season in the last 20 years. This is one of the hottest new rivalries in college football. So we get a double dose here. We get it in the SEC championship game. And we're going to get it again in late September next season. Georgia traveling to Tuscaloosa. Then also, Georgia going to be heading to Austin, Texas in October. Bulldogs taking on the Longhorns. And the last regular season matchup between Georgia and Texas, 1958. Fran Tarkington made some news, as if I remember correctly, I was reading Fran's book this out, and he talked about his first varsity snaps for the Bulldog program was at Texas. So this has got to be the game, 1958. And it was a low-scoring, boring affair of, you know, 7-6 uh, to six or something along those lines. Georgia doing next to nothing on offense. And they got stopped to to start the third quarter, I believe it was. And then there was a quick turnover or something, so Georgia gets the ball back, and the starting quarterback for the Dogs was slow to get off the bench. And you know what Tarkington did? He ran onto the field, into the huddle, drove Georgia the length of the field for a touchdown. And Fran Tarkington never came out again. Talk about guts. Love that story about Fran Tarkin. Texas won that game 13-8. And the rest is history, as they say. So Georgia at Texas in October, and Road Dog already concerned about accommodations, logistics. Reportedly, there's a Formula One race that goes down in Austin every year, and that's going to be the same weekend. So uh, take that into consideration as you make plans. You know, uh, the Bulldog Nation's going to want to pack the house out there in Austin in October. Texas A&M and Texas, their rivalry will be renewed. It's been a 12-year rest or break in that big-time rivalry out in Texas. Well, it's back with Texas jumping into the SEC. Reportedly a November the 30th showdown in College Station. Mike Elko's Aggies taking on Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. That rivalry will be back. And uh, Alabama looks like they'll be traveling to Norman, Oklahoma, taking on the Sooners Thanksgiving week, November the 23rd. That game will be. Crimson Tide fans looking forward to that one already, I would imagine. So what's popping? The SEC schedule leak. Getting out a little bit early. And I tell you what, I could get Georgia, Alabama every single year. The way it stands right now, with Saban doing what he's done since 2008 with the Crimson Tide program. You got Georgia and Kirby Smart going for the three-peat. Kicking butt left and right. 29 victories in a row now, I think it is. Yes, sir. We get Georgia and Alabama in the regular season. To start next season. I'm stoked about that, brother. And that's what's popping. On this Tuesday, November the 28th. We are live in the Battery Atlantis, the Buck Paloo Show here on the Fan 680 and 937. Streaming at 680TheFan.com. You can click and watch DT. And uh, you can listen on the fan mobile app. It's driven by Beaver Toyota of coming Beaver Direct. Fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Let them wow you Beaver Toyota Incoming. 10 o'clock hour brought to you by Dupree Plumbing. Whenever you need relief from a plumbing problem, call the team I trust at Dupree Plumbing and score $50 off your next plumbing service at DupreePlumbing.com. As I mentioned, Buck's Big Take brought to you by Deco Systems Heating and Air. For your HVAC repair, contact locally owned Dayco Systems at com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable, one home at a time. Coming back on the other side, man, we're diving in deep. We're going to ask you to grab the shades early on a Tuesday morning because we're going to the club. Shades on in the club. Plus, I've got a big key to the Georgia side of things as they take on Alabama Saturday. Plus, Kamari Lassiter joins us on the show. We're locked and loaded. Got the Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
4: This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation
2: Show. glad you're with us. Grab those shades. We're going to the club in just a moment. As we get ready for the big championship showdown coming up Saturday, Georgia and Alabama in the SEC title game, 4 o'clock kickoff. As we get another epic matchup, Georgia, a five-point favorite the last time I checked in this game. I saw where Danny cannell has got the Bulldogs blowing them out. He's trying to jinx the dogs. It's what he's trying to do. He wants Florida State in there. Cannell said they're going to boat race Alabama. You think Saban will be using that one? People are expecting Georgia to boat race us in this game.
3: That's some of that rat poison Nick Saban likes yeah, to talk about. But rat poison. He loves it for, for <laughs> Georgia family. Be careful with that rat poison, man. That's some dangerous stuff.
2: All right, everybody ready? Let's get the shades. Put on the shades because we go into the club. Shades on into club. And we're talking about the Alabama quarterback, Jalen Milrow. And Milrow has taken off, brother. Coming off that game against Auburn last, that miracle finish. You know they got T-shirts you can already buy that say Milrow Miracle. They take down Auburn at Jordan-Hare. Jalen Milrow, 6'2", 6'3", 220 pounds, running a four five four six forty. So we're talking about a guy that's athletic and skilled. Look at his strengths. Number one, he's got the big arm. He's got arm talent is the term the kids are using these days. He can throw it with touch, a really nice deep ball that he's throwing, and also... He's got the arm strength, the velocity on those intermediate throws where you got to put it in a tight window. And then you got to throw it outside the numbers. From the left hash, throwing it outside the numbers to the right side of the field. You better have a big arm. You're going to consistently get away with throwing it there. And Milrow's got it. Milrow, outstanding with the run-action fakes. Does a really good job with that. And then they take some vertical shots off those run-action fakes. Really accurate on the deep ball. And most guys are not very accurate throwing the deep ball. Milrow is. Number three, is really outstanding extending plays. Shades on into club, so he's in the pocket, doesn't feel comfortable, feels some pressure. He might be the best in the business right now of getting outside the pocket and making things happen, good things happen. Stresses the defense big time. Scrambling, whether he's throwing on the move or whether he's running in the open field and space, making defensive backs and linebackers miss. Outstanding. I think he's the best in college football right now, extending plays and scrambling. And then uh, also outstanding with the designed runs, where he's supposed to run with the ball. Quarterback draw, RPO, really elusive, tough to tackle. He's not perfect though. He's got he's got a weakness, and the weakness for Jalen Milrow, as you study the video, is he's not a guy that's going to stand in the pocket when they do have him in the pocket and move quickly through progressions. He's not at that level yet. He locks on to the primary target too long. But I tell you what, he's improving. And the more reps, game reps that Melrose gets, the better he's going to get, the more comfortable he's going to get in the pocket throwing the football around. You can really see the growth when you watch him early in the year and compare to where he is over the last few games. You can really see the growth. Nick Saban talked about it yesterday is the focus on just executing one play at a time. Don't let the last play ruin the next play. Let's focus on this play. He's doing a much better job of that. Just focus on the execution of this play that's called right now. Don't worry about what just happened or what's about to happen. The game is slowing down for Jalen Milrow. Shades on into club. As he gets more of these game reps, getting more comfortable as a decision maker. And that will be important as he moves forward and tries to make his way into the National Football League. Right now, he's Lamar Jackson on steroids. You don't believe me? Let's hear from Kirby Smart. He says he noticed this. His kids are playing the Ravens on Madden video, the Madden video game. And here's why.
3: When I used to ask my, my sons who they were playing with on the Madden game, and they would say, I'm playing with the Ravens. And I would say, why are you playing with the Ravens? And they would say, I got, they got Lamar Jackson, and nobody can tackle him. Well, this guy's a, a bigger physical version of, of that. He's playing at a different speed uh, than everybody else when you watch it.
2: Yeah, Lamar Jackson, a bigger version of Lamar Jackson, man. That's, uh, that's scary, but... <laughs> Let's hear from Nick Saban during his uh, press conference yesterday in Tuscaloosa, breaking down the matchup. Nick Saban talked about Milrow's growth this season. Obviously, Jalen has played really, really well for us. He's got a lot of confidence. I think he's got a really good understanding of what his role, what his job is, how he's been able to execute it on a consistent basis, whether it's as a passer or as a runner, whether it's scrambling or design run. He's done a really, really good job, I think, of playing one play at a time and trying to execute that play the way it's designed so that he distributes the ball uh, in a very effective efficient effective manner and i think that's how his growth you know has sort of occurred you know transformed him as a player and really transformed our offense as well because of uh, his growth and execution shades on into club yeah put the shades on we still got them on got the shades on you're gonna need them today
3: it's hard to press some of the
2: buttons with the shades on but i got you Buck. yeah i'll tell you what nick saban regarded as not the top of coach in college football than you know, one of the top two. He and Kirby up at the top of the mountain right now.
3: Is this not the most improved football team in all of college football? We were well, a lot of it has to do with Milrose. Absolutely. Bro. Absolutely. Now they remember earlier pedestrian. in the year
2: they benched Milrose. Right. And this might have been the smartest move by a head coach this season. It worked out pretty well. And Sabin said we're gonna we're gonna bench Milro, we're gonna see what we got with Simpson and Buckner. And they played them, I think, against South Florida. One low scoring, boring game, and then after the game, Sabin. In the coaching staff meeting, told oh. Tommy Reese, "Look, those we can't win anything with those two quarterbacks. We got to go back to Milrow. Got to build the offense around him, and we got to be patient with him and get him coached up."
3: I'm good on Milrow for not pouting and getting ready to transfer. Because oh, that's yeah? that the that's the that's the cool thing to do. You don't you don't want me here? Fine, I'll go transfer. But he stuck it out and it's paid off.
2: Let's go back to Kirby and hear what Kirby said yesterday about what to expect out of Milrow Saturday.
3: He is going to make plays. I mean that. That's a given. You watch every game he's played. He has made plays. He has an uncanny ability to extend plays. And whether that's, you know, he knows he's getting ready to take off and he's setting you up. He pump fakes. He does a lot of things with the ball that make him hard to defend. But he can make plays, and, you know, we're going to make some plays. So you've got to have confidence that you're going to make more uh, than they're going to make.
2: Said that right. Can't wait to see this one. Milro. Milrow's Miracle over there at Jordan-Hare. They're going to sell a ton of those T-shirts.
3: I don't know if you talked about it yesterday. How are you not going to play his own defense right there? How are you only going to to rush two people? And bring two people with a spy as if the spy is going to help because Milro's going to scramble for 30 yards. Oh, God. I wouldn't look for
2: Kirby and Schumann and Muschamp to rush two on Jalen Milrow. And there's the quarterback club. Shades on into club. All right, now a a big game key for Georgia against Alabama Saturday. And this one's on the other side of the ball. Did some video analysis late last night on this one. So when Georgia's offense has the ball, and I'm sure Mike Bobo is is going over this with a fine-tooth comb right now, basically obsessing over this matchup on this side of the ball. Carson Beck has had a clean pocket for most of the season. And look at the damage that Carson Beck has done with a clean pocket. He is spinning it. The dogs are scoring points. They're lighting up the scoreboard. They're impressing those people that love the statistics. And they've been dangerous on offense, one of the best offenses in college football, with a clean pocket for a pocket passer and Carson Beck. But Georgia faces what looks like to me, the best edge rusher in college football this season, who plays for Alabama, and his name is Dallas Turner. Where's number 15? Instinctive, talented, competitive, and he's coming off the edge. And Bobo, got to come up with a plan. It's going to help Carson Beck keep that clean pocket in the game. And i tell you what, the spotlight's going to be on these two offensive tackles. Or really, you're going to see three offensive tackles perhaps in the game. You got Ernest Green, who's done a really outstanding job at the left tackle spot all season long. Really, he's been awesome. And you got Amarius Mims over there on the right side. Mims has uh, had that ankle surgery, that tightrope thing. He's back in there dominating player in the run game, does a really good job in the passing game too, Six seven, three hundred and forty 340 pounds. He's a grown man, and he looks like a first-round pick in the upcoming NFL draft, if you ask me. And you might see Xavier Truss in there a little bit, rotate in at tackle, trying to keep these guys fresh. But those three tackles are in the spotlight as they're trying to block 15. Dallas Turner reminds me of Von Miller, would be the comparison I would throw out there. And 15 has got an explosive first step. He's got a tremendous wingspan, really long, fluid and flexible, bringing it off the edge. I mean, he's uh, he's got a real weapon with a spin move that you're going to see him where he gets back to the inside when that offensive tackle is, is overplaying that outside edge rush. He's going to spin back inside. He's got that ghost technique working also. And I don't have time to sit here and explain the ghost technique, but he's got it. And he's regarded as the best edge rusher in college football, can be very disruptive. Hey, just against Auburn, last Saturday at Jordan-Hare, he had a sack, but he had a 50% pass rush win rate against Auburn last, uh, last Saturday at Jordan-Hare. Eight sacks on the season. If Georgia's going to score points, if Carson Beck's going to have a big game, then Georgia's going to have to find a way to block 15. You're saying, Blue, what are you doing calling the number? Well, that's, I uh, was watching the Nick Saban press conference last night, and he was talking about, he was talking about the Bulldogs, and he kept bringing up these numbers. Well, four, has stepped in for 19 and has done a really good job at at tight end. And 86 has stepped up. and So you get a lot of these old-school coaches, they don't want to use the names, and sometimes they don't even know the names of the opposing players. They know the numbers, though. Keep an eye on 15 coming off the edge against Georgia on Saturday. If Georgia can block him, that would be a huge advantage for the Bulldogs. If they can't block him, this might get really interesting.
3: So the dogs are dealing with Lamar Jackson on steroids on the offensive side, and Von Miller coming off the edge. On and the Danny Canal, if he was listening to the show, would be saying, "How's George going to boat race them? Dealing with those two monsters." <laughs> the way you set it up, but I, do, I We just can't wait, Buck. This we've been looking at this game all year. So you're familiar Very with 15, exciting. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, this Dallas Turner is a player, man. Now, I wasn't. I, my eyes lit up when you mentioned that ghost technique. I don't think I've ever heard that term. I just looked it up, though. Yeah, I think it's like a, like a dip. Now, so that it shoulder, has something to do low. with
2: like the... Uh, uh, the, the, the stiff arm that yeah, you, you see the edge rusher get the offensive tackle and then the tackle tries to get that arm off of him and you lower that so lower that shoulder the, the that stiff shoulder. arm and the offensive tackle reaches to knock the arm off and the arm's not there <laughs> all right yeah ghost technique right. yeah the ghost technique Von Miller one of the best in the business with it so a really good comparison there I'll tell you when you got a fifty percent pass rush win rate you're doing a pretty good job over there. So I don't think Green and Mims and maybe Truss are going to be sleeping real well this, this week, knowing they've got a huge challenge coming up on Saturday. And then you got to cover
3: this Alabama receiving core. Wouldn't mind getting Julian Humphrey back nice and healthy for this game. That could probably help the Bulldogs. Now take all the help they can get. Tell you what, we've, uh, we've got a cornerback over there on defense,
2: Kamari Lassiter, who... Some believe is the top cover corner in college football this season. I know Alabama's got a good one, Kool Aid McKinstry. Georgia and Kamari Lassiter. He's been he's balled out every single week this year, doing a great job in coverage. And Road Dog was able to corral him yesterday. And you're going to hear that interview now on the Bulldog Roundtable.
1: The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, 49-like 20, 15 10, Get in there! Touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union. Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's gonna be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame only on the fan. 680 and 937 FM.
2: Joining me now on the Bulldog Roundtable, we got Bulldogs defensive back Kamari Lassiter joining us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Kamari, congrats on that win over Georgia Tech, twelve and zero regular season, and I know you got to be excited about the next step here,
5: Alabama in the SEC title game. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you, and no, yes, sir. I'm very excited.
2: What about that atmosphere in there? Uh, awesome facility, obviously. I think it's the best atmosphere in college football. Having seen a few of those in there, what are you expecting out of the uh, uh, the fans packing that place out?
5: Uh, you know, I expect a very you know hectic and rowdy environment. Um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be very great.
2: Hey, outstanding performance this season out of you. Uh, you played well last year, but uh, what, what do you think
5: this season? Where have you elevated your play the most? You think? Um, I would just say I I, I tried to elevate my game, you know, honestly, and, and, you know, in every aspect. You know, I, I took, uh, I watched myself last year, and I just really self-evaluated. You know, I just said I wanted to be, you know, just an all-around uh, defensive back. You know, I want to be able to play, you know, anywhere that the coaching staff needed me to play.
2: And that secondary you're a part of, I, I think it's the best in college football from what I've seen. How about the guys playing inside? Bullard, Starks? Tyke Smith, what kind of season have they put together?
5: I mean, those guys are, they're playing phenomenal football right now. I mean, uh, whenever you're playing with guys like that, it just makes my job so much more fun and so much more easier just to be able to go out there and play with the guys uh, that I'm playing with, you know, knowing that they're going to be, you know, on their, on their best, you know, on their best at all times.
2: Hey, what what, what were your thoughts on the end of that Iron Bowl? Uh, Milrow and, and Bond hooking up for the game winner there. Now, what were your thoughts uh,
5: hearing about that and and watching the play? Uh, you know that was a it was a very electric play. I mean that was a very clutch play. You know by both players. Um, just to be able to connect in that moment in that point in time. You know with everything pointing against them. I mean uh, that's a that's a credit to them.
2: Yeah, I hope we're not going to rush too like Auburn did. He had all day back there to, to pick him out and make that throw. Uh, what do you think of this Alabama receiving core? Uh, Bond made that play, and, and, of course, you know Jermaine Burton very well. What about this receiving core you'll match up with this coming Saturday
5: night? Um, you know, they're a very good receiving core. You know, they have a lot of experience and a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. Um, you know, um, they have a receiving core full of crafty guys, you know, that are that are able to get open for the receiver, I mean, for the quarterback. And, um, you know, Barrett just, uh, just able to tack the ball.
2: Hey, describe this challenge you're facing with uh, Jalen milroe who looks to me like he has elevated his play, uh, playing at a really high level right now coming into this matchup. Uh, talk about that challenge.
5: Uh, you know, he's a very good quarterback, um, you know, very mobile, uh, very accurate quarterback. He knows, you know, how to attack defenses, how to read coverages and stuff like that. So, I mean, um, it's going to be a great challenge for us, something that we're looking forward to.
2: Yeah, he's throwing a good deep ball, um, extends plays. You might have to get out there and uh, get him down on the ground a few times scrambling with that thing.
5: Yes, sir. um, You know, just his ability to extend plays and uh, be able to, uh, you know, find the open man is is something that we definitely have to uh, account for.
2: What kind of game, what kind of challenge are you expecting from Alabama Saturday?
5: You know, I'm 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 expecting you know, uh, you know, for them to put their best foot forward, you know, just like we are. I expect you know a very good game, a very competitive game that's going to go down to the wire.
2: Outstanding season so far this year, man. Pulling for you the rest of the way. We appreciate your time today. Thank you. Kamari Lassiter getting it done for the Georgia Bulldogs over their cornerback and have his hands full with these receivers from Alabama and getting Milro on the ground come Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. Looking forward to seeing the matchup. And the 2023-680, the Fan Championship Week coverage is presented by Georgia's own credit union, New Balance, and Georgia Department of Behavioral Health. And so we'll be talking about the big game all week long. Here on this show. All right, coming up next, Otani in a Braves uniform—could it be? We'll break it down next. Got the Belu show here on the Fan 680 and
0: 93.7. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
4: $5 minimum
2: balance required. Buck Show here on the fan, man. I still got the shades on. Shades on in the club. On this Tuesday
3: morning, always enjoy going to the club. I get people, too, ask hey, man, when are you going back to the club? You've always seemed like a big club guy to me, Buck, yeah. Yeah, with the back up against the wall.
2: <laughs> Those were the days, brother. That's were the day. Hey, let's talk a little Braves baseball. For the
1: latest on the Braves, it's time to go chopping. Yes.
2: Yeah, so Otani to the Braves. No, it hadn't happened. Hadn't happened. Braves are searching for a big-time starting pitcher. And, look, I know Otani's not going to pitch in 24. Coming off that Tommy John surgery. But he's going to swing the bat. You know, we got plenty of those. Look, the Braves, and I've been... I'm waiting patiently on the Braves to add another legitimate starter to the rotation. Now, it sort of hurt my feelings yesterday to see Sonny Gray go to the Cardinals, but I understand he wanted three years, $75 million, and that's what the Cardinals gave him. I did like Nola, but then the Phillies stepped up and gave him a seven-year deal for $172 million. So what does Anthopolis do now? Well, you turn the page, there's some other guys out there. How about Yamamoto? Okamoto. No, Yamamoto. Takahashi. No, 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 Yamamoto. Or maybe uh, I see where the Braves and Dodgers are both in on Dylan Cease. Doing a trade with the Chicago White Sox. It concerns me because the Dodgers have, they've got more money than God. And so I'm not sure we could. uh, And they probably got more prospects than we have at this point in time, too, which is going to make the deal. So Cease with uh, two years of control left with his contract situation. He's a Boris client, though. So I'm not sure that's going to fit here in Atlanta because, look, Anthopolis would want to re-up with Cease if we did the deal. And Boris, his clients always hit free agency. So it'd be a short stay if we got him in here. I'm not sure that's the greatest fit in the world. What about Corbin Burns up in Milwaukee? Uh, Any chance we could do a deal with the Brewers? They'd probably want Hurston Waldrop, our top prospect at this point in time. I I don't want to give him away. Do we go with Jordan Montgomery? I mean, that's not going to excite a lot of people.
3: Chauver and and Waldrop are the two guys I think a lot of Braves fans would would. That would, that would sting a little bit to see yeah, those if you're two. you're going to do a go. trade, probably going to involve Yvonne Grissom and A.J.
2: Smith Shaver. Heck, I'd be trotting out Bryce Elder's name. Hey, maybe somebody would buy it. You know what I'm saying?
3: Proven at the big league level, all right. All right. Or
2: I keep seeing where Otani is intrigued by the Atlanta Braves. He wants to oh, win. Said, hey, it's apparently. really nice. That's here. what I read into Otani being intrigued all the time, with the but... Braves is the ability to go out and win and win big.
1: I mean, that's just the way we roll
2: here. Now, look, typically we don't offer up guys like $40 million a year here in Atlanta. A little more conservative with the pay scale here, even though I believe we are in that luxury tax deal. I mean, so we are paying people. Don't call the Braves cheap. They're not cheap. But as you look to uh, AA, uh, right now the rotation looks pretty good coming into this season. Really, it's better than good. You got Max Freed, you got Spencer Strider, you got Charlie Morton, you got Elder, and you got these two prospects, Shaver and, and Waldrop. But looking ahead to next season, chances are Freed, who's going to be roughly making about $15 million this year, is going to be gone into free agency. You got Morton making $20 million in the upcoming season, gone into retirement. So you add those two numbers together, and now math, uh, let me see the simple math here. Let's see, 15 plus 20, $35 million available. Gone. To plug in Otani into that rotation, if we were able to get in there. I think this is doable. Unless somebody swoops in and says, okay, we're going to give you $50 million a year. So I wouldn't completely count Otani out. And we'll keep our... Uh, eyes on this one as we continue to search for a quality starter to add to this rotation. Winter meetings start on Sunday. So maybe the freeze on the free agent signings will be thawed out by uh, coming up starting on Sunday. Braves are going to be busy. And Braves Talk today brought to you by Ace Hardware. Your locally owned and operated Ace. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Let's make a big announcement. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green
1: since 1955.
2: Big announcement. Buck Belusho High School Football Player of the Year in 2023. And the winner is... Milton High School junior quarterback, Luke Nickel. Second year as a starter, led Milton High to an 11-2 record and into the 7A state semifinals coming up this week. People that love stats, I'll throw it out there, threw for over 3,200 yards this season. You may have missed the quarterfinal game against the highly rated boys from Moultrie, Colquitt County. This past Friday night, it was on GPTV. Milton won an exciting game, 39-37. Nickel goes 20-32 for 289. It wasn't the arm for the first time all all year. He ran the football for over 100 yards. And that was the difference in winning and losing for Milton. Nickel also was injured around midseason. And he didn't miss a snap. He played around the injury. Protecting himself. Getting the ball to all that talent he's got surrounding him. Luke Nickel committed to go to the Miami Hurricanes. He is our Buck Belushi Show 680 The Fan High School Football Player of the Year, Luke Nickel from Milton High School. Congratulations to Luke! Fine young man. Really impressed with he and his family. And uh, stay tuned for Nick and Chris. They're coming up next, and they've got the Southern Company business, the sports segment. You don't want to miss that. This impacting business in Atlanta and the local sports scene, they've got it covered. Business of Sports presented by Southern Company, building the future of energy for all the customers and communities they are privileged to serve. Stay tuned for Nick and Chris are up next back tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you, Buck.